0: Hosts and cybersecurity experts, Brian Horning, Reggie. Whoa. Is that
1: playing? Because it's not playing for me.
0: Not sure what happened. What uh, happened? We're live.
1: We are live. <laughs>
0: That's two weeks in a row. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we are live, live, but the, Welcome to the uh, secret- intro is not playing for me anyway. I don't know what's going on there. Technical difficulties, but welcome to the Security Squad podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Brian Horning with Exact Cybersecurity. We have Reginald and Andre with Art Solvers and Randy Bryan with Tech Rescue. Welcome to another week back in our boxes, guys. Had A <laughs> great week in
0: Florida. Is that where we were? Something yeah. like that. It's great to see you guys in person last week. Yeah, yeah. we were down in uh, Andre's neck of the woods, man. That's true.
2: My house. Appreciate you guys coming to visit.
0: That was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, it was. It was a good time, and we learned a lot and discussed a lot. We got to do a show live, we got to do a show on stage uh, for our friends uh, at the event. So it was pretty cool. Pretty cool experience all around. But unfortunately, we got business to talk about today, which is more hacks, more stuff happening in the world of cybersecurity. That businesses need to be aware of. Uh, we have some FTC updates, and we have some interesting uh, charges from the SEC against a specific company uh, who was hacked. And we're going to dive into what the SEC is doing. And this goes to what we've been saying all along this year, which is that executives and, and people in the C-suite are going to start uh, being charged for cyber attacks. And we're going to talk about that today and what's happening over at SolarWinds and why one of their executives is, has been uh, charged. Um, and it's it's never, um, I guess one of the things is, as I say on the show all the time, like, hey, you know, CFOs watch out. You never, you never can tell, you know, from the outside who's to blame or who can be charged. It, it really just depends on where the decisions are being made at. Um, and in this case, you know, with the, as we're going to talk about, um, we're going to see that the decisions live with a very specific individual in this case, and the feds felt like it was enough to charge this individual. Which what we're going to talk about is not uncommon. It can happen in different areas in the C-suite, and we'll talk about you know the different scenarios that we've seen uh, where certain decisions are made that lead to CEOs and CFOs and CISOs and technology managers to be charged with things like fraud when investigations conclude. So um, before we get into all that, remember, fee for the show, we don't annoy you with ads. We don't read ads on the show. So please just help us grow the show by sharing the show. That's the only thing we ask. So, it's a pretty
0: simple ask. Go ahead, Randy. So today's show is brought to you by the people that watch the show. That's right. Like the show, share the show, and comment on the show. That's right.
1: Do something. And that little thing that you do, that little like that you give us will help other people find this. Believe it or not, that's how it works. Um, and that's all we're going to say about that because we have a short time frame to get in a bunch of subjects. And guys, I want to start with the hacks and then we'll get in F- FTC and SEC if, if that's cool with you guys.
0: Sounds good.
1: Um, but I think the big one, because we don't know much about the second one we're going to talk about, but the big one Uh, This week is uh, a claim by Lockbit that has yet to be, I guess, proven uh, as accurate. Uh, But Boeing has been claimed by Lockbit, so to speak. Uh, And what happened was last Friday on their dark web leak site, Lockbit 3.0, put out a uh, message on their blog that says, we have your files, Boeing, and you have till, I believe, uh, till November 2nd to start negotiating with them before they start leaking out the data that they claim they have stole. Um, it seems right now, based on the reports I have seen, that Boeing is unsure of these claims. are not sure um, how this happened, but LockBit has... Uh, Published on their dark web leak site that they have used a well-known vulnerability to obtain this data so we'll find out if this is just uh, what some security researchers believe Lockbit is just potentially posturing here because Their ransomware group has been, you know, some people believe that they're fading. So this is uh, just an attempt to try to stay alive as a group Um, Or we're going to find out that there's something legitimate here and whether or not Boeing wants to engage in negotiations. We've seen things like this before, guys. And I'm going to ask you your opinion on what you're saying uh, above and beyond what I kind of just laid out there. But, you know, we've seen this before with like Apple and Apple didn't cave to these demands. I think on two separate occasions where their supplier or somebody else in the chain got hacked. And I guess the groups that hacked them felt like, oh well, we have Apple data here uh, so we can you know try to extort Apple as a result. Um, we don't know if that's what's in play here, which absolutely could be in play. Um, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on on what's going on here.
2: Yeah, it's, it's interesting that they're not like giving any screenshots. Usually you'll be able to, you know, they'll show some type of
1: screenshots showing what type of data. Well, they they will probably starting Thursday. Uh, I think they're giving Boeing some time to figure it out, and I would also imagine that whatever they're going to release next onto the dark web leak site has been shared privately with with Boeing, assuming that they have have reached out and started you know at least a negotiation
0: process. And then I guess one other one other tidbit here of information. Um, apparently, it's been unpublished, um, the threat or the, you know, the taunting or whatever, which, which is often a sign that they're in negotiations. So they may be in negotiations with Boeing um, as we speak. So we're going to really need to keep our eye on this because there's, there's been a ton because of what we're going to talk about in a minute with solar winds and some other things. There has been a ton of basically the criminals getting into extremely, extremely sensitive national priority type businesses like Boeing, you know, or organizations like the Department of Defense, Microsoft. There's been a lot of that over the last uh, year or so. And, you know, this is another potentially huge one because Boeing, I mean, like right now, Boeing's working on Air Force One's. Um, they've got a little fleet of Air Force Ones they're working on. I just read about that yesterday. So this is not just some, you know, random airline company. This is a company that's involved in producing things that are of strategic interest to uh, the United States. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out.
1: Yeah, 100 um, percent. You know, I, I you know that's news to me that you just shared with me that they've reversed course on their on their dark web leak site. Um, and have taken it down. Which you're right. It, it potentially could be that they're negotiating. Um, it could also be that they are uh,
0: dipping maybe, out.
1: <laughs> maybe some law enforcement officials have been in contact with the group, letting them know right. that you're barking up the wrong tree here. Right. Um, and if you want to feel the wrath of the of the U.S. government or or potentially our military, um, you might want to you might want to take this down. Only time
2: will tell. Right, boys? Right. You might you want to go, listen, uh, go attack a small business listening to this show instead. Right?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's hundred percent. Right. I mean, we've talked to plenty of people from DHS, from FBI who clearly, you know, are, are not beating around the bush when they tell private businesses, you know, if you're small, and you're not involved in like government contracting or in the government in any way. The chances of you getting help around things like this are slim to none. Um, so you're going to have to seek, you know, assistance from the private sector. Um, but in the Boeing's case, they will get the full force of the U.S. government and military uh, to help them. So it's kind of like, Andy, eh, you really, really want to mess with these people. So um, again, and just like we say, it's a cat and mouse game. uh, In my opinion, it's also, you know, a very uh, immature, you know, business, cybercrime business, if that's what you want to call it. And they're figuring things out along the way too, right? So they're going after these bigger targets, trying to figure out, you know, that business model. And you may be right, Andre, this may be a learning lesson to them to stop messing with these companies and you know, continue to target small and medium sized businesses more because it's less risky. So moving right along, talking about less risky targets. <clears throat> it's been reported here that your friends in Dallas County, um, Randy, are having another issue. Um, and what I have here is that we are Uh, basically dealing with a government entity who's been targeted in cyber attacks in the past. Um, And they're essentially, you know, dealing with a, some kind of cyber event, cyber uh, breach in terms of data. Um, And they're trying to figure out what's happening. That's basically what we have right now, which is kind of crazy. Are you, seeing anything else, Randy, other than like vague and ambiguous statements coming from Dallas County, kind of like they don't know what's going on, but something's
0: going on? Yeah, nothing nothing really uh, clear or uh, concrete, just that um, they caught a breach um, around October 19th. So around, what is that, about 12 days ago, um, they hired an outside cybersecurity firm um, to start looking into it um, and that's basically that's that's basically all the news i mean and even though you know we talk about reading between the lines there's not a lot of between the lines right here um it is a little weird 12 days in that they haven't filed anything official um you know do the new laws that are coming out when do they when do they start january 1 um, do those apply any of those apply to state and local governments at all was that the 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 laws that are the rules that are going in, into a place into place January one, I believe they're SEC laws or rules, but do those apply any of those apply to government about
1: SEC's uh, December.
0: Oh December one, that's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah,
1: and that's only yeah. publicly traded companies and okay. no. Because um, there days. isn't really anything. There isn't really anything that I'm aware of from a compliance or GRC standpoint that no. that is gonna impact local <clears throat> governments. Um, they're, you know, it's, a, it's not gonna go down that way. It's just, it's, it's you know the federal government can only do so much. They can threaten state governments and local governments on federal funds if they don't do certain things, which I can see coming down the pike for sure um especially with schools and we're already seeing it with um you know uh colleges through the ftc safeguard rules because you know they collect financial information for student loans they're covered under these safeguard rules um, and they also take federal funds from uh, department of education and other departments and all of those have language that state if you take these funds you're going to do certain things around data security so um, unfortunately the 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 public sector is treated very differently than the private sector when it comes to this stuff but Mm -hmm. the private the public sector also things are going to come down on them quicker because of because of the way things are set up in my opinion and it's just not happening yet so but it will I mean, the, the, it's all happening and simmering in Washington right now. So it's only a matter of time.
2: One interesting uh, note is th- this is talking about the Dallas County, but mm-hmm. back in May, the city of Dallas was also yep. hit.
1: Right. So I don't know what the difference is because I'm not familiar with that area. Maybe Randy can share, but I know like <laughs> Like Philadelphia County and the city of Philadelphia here are the same thing.
0: Oh, yeah. So, it's, it's different in Texas because the the counties are really a higher level of government than the cities. So the, the counties, like the county judge is the highest elected official in, in that county. Um, and basically, you know, is the leader or the president or whatever you want to call it of that county. And so the city is kind of a part of that. So it's a t- completely separate city government. Um, the the town where I live, um, the city is the county seat. So you have a county like, you know, city hall for the city. Um, but then you also have a, a big place for the county government as well. Um, so they're two separate governments. Um, you know, they would coordinate together on things, but they are going to be under separate systems and all that jazz. Especially in a bigger, you know, in a bigger town like Dallas. Now, maybe out in some rural county that they might all be on the same system, but they're probably a totally separate system in this case.
1: Yeah, so there's not a whole lot of information other than they're dealing with an incident and we'll see what's happening. Why we wanted to bring it up, because it's A, fresh in the news, B, it's another kind of critical infrastructure target that's been hit <clears throat> um, or potentially. Um, but that's, that's all we have. So we'll update everybody in the next show on what's actually happening here, but, um, Boeing, Dallas County, many other smaller groups. There's, I know some colleges, universities, some small towns around the United States that are dealing with ransomware types of attacks right now, um, or data breaches of some sort. So there's really a lot going on. We can't cover it all in a 30 minute show. So, um, do a Google search on cyber attacks and see what's happening in your area. I mean, literally that's, it's as simple as that to, to do. And, uh, use a little, uh, use a little slider for under tools for, for look for like stories from the last week and you'll be surprised as as to what pops up. So, um, moving right along into what's happening with what I mentioned at the top of the show. And I want to spend a little bit of time on this one because I think it's important especially for business leaders and and everybody who is responsible for running a company, Um, things are changing, right? Things are changing rapidly when it comes to the perspective of um, how cybersecurity is handled in a company and whether or not their, your handling of, of cybersecurity practices inside of your company amounts to something that you can be charged criminally for. Um, and we've mentioned it a, a million times on this show throughout the year um, where we, we said last year, towards the end of the year, we're going to see a lot more uh, executives potentially charged because of their decisions around what to do and what not to do around cybersecurity. Um, And we've seen it just recently with a hospital group where their CFO um, exited the company. Um, In this case, he wasn't charged, Um, but we know, like I've been to events where state attorney generals have spoken and they said they're going to use the things like the FTC safeguards to criminally charge people for not doing this stuff correctly. And, and this is a very, as I said, after the fact thing, like the, the one that we're gonna talk about today happened a couple years ago. And these things take time to play out. The investigations take time to uh, make sure the facts are all discovered and revealed. And then once they are, uh, there's gonna be people that look around at those facts and try to objectively determine did somebody try to do something that would that that maybe make a decision around budgeting or whether they do something or don't do something? Um, and is that cause for negligence? Or during the process of of trying to figure things out, and this can happen in a lot of different places, uh, but did somebody hide something? Did somebody conceal something? Did somebody not bring? forward information. uh, And we're going to talk about why that could happen um, that caused an event. And what we have here today is an article where the SEC has charged SolarWinds CISO with fraud for misleading investors. Um, And it's a pretty big deal, guys, because this is, again, why I say things are changing, because we don't. We haven't really seen too many charges against people in charge, and this goes back to um, what I always say about cybercrime: is that th- this is one of those crimes where you're a victim, but you could also become somebody who is implicated as, mm-hmm. and charged as a result of it, right? Because you know, the CISO not only like live of Solar Winds not only lived through that event, which probably wasn't very fun for him. But then on the back end of it, you know, his decision making and and things that things that he did while in that position. And you don't know where the direction of that was coming from. And that's something I want to get into a little bit here, too. Right. Sometimes he might have been the guy who was signing the papers, but he may not have been the one who was actually making the decision. Right. And he was being told to do one thing or the other by maybe somebody higher up than him. Um, Hopefully, the the investigation went that far and they were able to figure that out. And this guy's not taking the fall for somebody. But let's kind of get into it and dissect this a little bit, guys, because we're starting to see this happen a lot more. I mean, two in the last month where we've seen a C suite person. Uh, either lose their job, resign, or be charged criminally uh, for a cyber attack.
0: Well, so first off, you are um, innocent until proven guilty, and I will tell you that the CEO and his lawyers—they um, came out of the gate swinging on this. So they're not just laying back and and taking it um, because they they have really come out. They made a bunch of statements. You know, saying they're they're being persecuted, and you know you need to think about it. Since this was Solar Winds, which Solar Winds made a tool that a lot of people use to manage their networks, a lot of big companies, a lot of uh, government, Microsoft. This 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 one thing went all over. But when I read, I hear him saying one thing to the shareholders, but then I hear him saying something else internally. And you know, I don't I'm okay, I'm not i am i am not i am not a lawyer, okay? And I'm not the SEC. But it doesn't seem like he's lying to the shareholders, just he's not all gloom and doom, but he's more cracking the whip internally, like we got to fix this. I could be totally wrong here. That's kind of the impression that I that I get here. I don't know that this this case is gonna just be cut and dried and it's gonna just uh end with a guilty. Uh well, I guess we'll see though.
2: I mean, he's he's quoted as saying that the current state of security leaves us in a very vulnerable state for critical assets. I mean, if you got SolarWinds money, th- th- that can be addressed.
0: But like, what what if you just did a, a vulnerability test and, and you're saying to the company, hey, we found this, blah, 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 blah. begin, quote, we really need to fix it because we're super vulnerable, end quote. So we're gonna get started on it today. You know what I mean? Right. Like it could be pulled out of context.
2: But then it takes five years to actually yes. get everything to where we need it to be.
0: I mean, I'm thinking the play for the for the government, like I say, I'm not a lawyer. I think the play for the government needs to be their their code review because ultimately, from what I've read about this hack, it came down to code review, and code was inserted most likely onto a programmer's computer that gave them that back door and that didn't raise flags somewhere along the way. Um, Hey, this code was added. Who added it? Why was it added? I mean, obviously I'm putting that in layman's terms, but y'all know what I'm saying. Um, That might be a good play for the government. If that's truly how this uh, back door was put in when there wasn't good code review. Yeah.
2: Another quote um, from the employee saying that, basically someone can come and do whatever uh they want without detecting it until it's too late which which can lead to major reputation and financial loss so you have staff telling you this as well
0: i mean you're not wrong and i'm not really defending them um so much as saying i think i don't think it's going to be as easy as it sounds but you know that does sound pretty damning what you just read
1: yeah. It's, it's pretty wild because if you, you know, I know of situations where there's, you know, and that's why I mentioned, is it really this CISO's fault or was he just following the direction of somebody else? Right. If he's coming to the company, he's saying there's vulnerabilities and they're, and we heard, Randy, we heard the same thing at Rackspace that their engineers were saying like, Hey, we got to do something about this. and, it just fell on deaf ears because they felt like it wasn't worth the investment to, to deal with it. And then they had a problem. Um, and I, and I, I don't see a lot of differences here, but I also don't have all the details in front of me to say, you know, whether this guy was at fault here or maybe he had help. Um, but I see it all the time where there's people in the C-suite who want to do the right thing. But there's a there's a and this is why the SEC rules that are coming in December are written the way they are, because without them, it gives mm-hmm. CEOs and CFOs and, and people on that side of the decision making kind of like a green light to bury their head in the stand. Right. As for, as long as we don't know about it, we 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 can't be held responsible. Right. So don't tell me anything. We don't want to know you know what our risk is. Because if we do, then we have to do something about it. So if we don't know, we're good. And that's the thought process right now. But as we said, things are changing. These SEC rules are in effect for a reason because they know what's happening in in boardrooms and in C-suites and in 2024, things are gonna change and they're gonna change quick.
2: Well, their stock price is down 70% over the last five years.
1: Yeah, it's who, else, who else is stock prices down? MGMs. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. You know, so, uh,
0: well, real quick, Brian, we talked about that last week because and Cindy brought it up that there's no generational memory of attacks, There's so many little things that you don't realize are going to happen. And Andre just brought up, a, brought up an amazing point, stock prices. People never think about that. And, and I, that That's part of why the SEC, SEC is getting involved, because stocks matter. Stocks are people's retirement funds. Stocks are people's investments. But anyway, that was a great point Cindy brought up last week. We discussed it last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is one of the things that we need, to, we need to all keep in mind. You know, when you have one of these, your stock price is going to go down. And that, that's basically your loss of reputation is oh, what it really... And really I've been matters.
1: saying for years, it's also... Like this, this cyber crime has such a ripple effect on the economy. Just and that's what you're saying here, right? Like you're pointing out the one side of it, where this is going to impact stock prices, which potentially could be lower. So if you're invested in those stocks in your portfolio, you have less money. But on the other side, companies have to spend more, right? Companies still are not spending enough on cybersecurity, which means. They're going to have to figure out a way to pay for this stuff. It's not going to be free and it's not going to just come out of thin air. that They miraculously have money for cybersecurity, which means they're going to have to raise prices, which is going to cause inflation. Right. So and I still don't think we've seen the full cost of cybersecurity and cybercrime hit the books of businesses, which means it hasn't been passed down to the consumer yet. We're still many, many years away from the full, you know, wrath of, of what that's going to look like for companies along with rising costs for everything else. But this is this, to me, I look at cyber, uh, anything related to cyber, uh, security as a massive, uh, uh, you know, accelerant to, inflation. All right. So, last thing, we got to wrap up here in about a minute or two. So, Andre, can you speak quickly on what the real nuance is to the FTC safeguard rule that they're that they're adding uh, today?
2: Yeah. So, FTC safeguard rule, which is the uh, government agency that protects us the consumers, they're making a change that says mandating that all non-banking financial institutions report data breaches within 30 days. And another uh, kicker is that it applies to any security incident that impacts 500 or more consumers. Um, so I think that's going to be something great for us consumers because now um, if there is something that happens, there's no more you know people just trying to put it under the rug. And also it, it kind of calls out these companies that you know there was a breach and, and they're not doing things right. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, it's exactly the same spirit of the SEC rules that we saw going into effect. Obviously, those companies have four days, not 30, um, but rightfully so. Um, They're publicly traded and their stock prices could be severely impacted by whatever is going on. Not that that's not the case for private companies as well, Um, but they have a little bit more leeway. But I think over time, they'll start to kind of carve out sectors in that rule where certain people are going to have to do things a little bit quicker than 30 days. Um, Again, the writing's on the wall, folks. And I think the big takeaway for me out of all this is the rules aren't going away. The restrictions aren't going away. The requirements aren't going away. Everything that you have to do around cybersecurity is only going to get more stringent. Um, And quite frankly, the days
0: of you doing nothing are over. Like... If they're done. They're gone. You're right, and it's crazy because thinking back, like a year and a half ago, two years ago, or or even three, some of the incidents that we discussed on this show, and we looked at when they went to court, and people, you know, act saying they didn't see anything. Nobody told me. I didn't know. Like all that stuff has really forced these rules, where companies kept things from people they kept things you know they they had plausible deniability or whatever and it's crazy how you can just see it coming Be- if you think back over time they have they have forced these rules um, mm-hmm. so you're right they're 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 going to percolate down everywhere it's <laughs> a matter of time
1: one thing i've learned just watching all of this unfold over the last several years is that i'll give our government regulators at least one thing they're very good at, at taking lessons learned and then implementing rules right that that prevent bad behavior so to speak on the on the part of corporations so um you know let this be your warning to all small and medium-sized businesses out there who think they're too small to be hacked um, I've had several conversations in the last week where that's come up that companies still ha- have this belief that they're too small and Nobody wants anything. But the reality of it is, is when you're down, you can't work, you can't produce, you can't even use your computers. So you you still have to pay your employees for them showing up for work every day. So if you're down for a week, that's a whole week of payroll that you have to pay out that you're not going to get back and you're not going to be able to bill out customers. Um, so if you start to add that up over one week and two weeks and what I'm saying here is not unrealistic. Two, three weeks of being down is not unrealistic, where you're gonna to have to foot payroll with basically no income. So it really puts a hurt on cash flow real quick. Um, but when you think about like why would somebody want to come after me? Uh, they don't care. They'll figure out who you are after um, after the ransomware has already been deployed, right? So. Good comment there from, uh, Cindy, uh, our friend, any security incident impacting consumers? That is great news for regular people that need to protect themselves. That is correct. And that's another thing that our FTC and our government does fairly well is, is, you know, make sure that consumers are protected from, from the behavior of business. Right. So anything you guys go ahead. What's that?
2: It may take 5 years for them to actually, you know, come around to doing it, but yes.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's why we have a show because we get to watch all this unfold in front of our eyes and it's it's like a slow motion movie to us. You know what I mean? So All right guys, thank you. Uh we are good for today. Any last parting thoughts before I click the leave studio button? All good. We didn't have we didn't have any
2: spooky stories,
1: right? I don't know. Boeing could turn out to be pretty spooky depending on what they have. So we'll see. Hope everyone has a good Halloween. Stay safe out there. We'll see everybody next week. Take care. Thanks everybody.